Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great show of Purpose Through Pain podcast. I am your host, Joseph James. We have an amazing guest, a friend of mine, Lady Crystal Richardson, on our show this morning. She is she's a fireball, and you guys are going to get to know her over the next hour. Her legacy is no legacy unreached. Her mission is no legacy unreached. And her life's purpose is to play a part in the lives of at least one billion people to re-image and live a life aligned with abundance, fueled by innovation and creativity as a limitless lifestyle. Lady Crystal, thank you so much and welcome to the show. Hey, <laughs> thank you so much. I really appreciate being able to be here. I always uh, consider it an honor when people ask me to be on their show. So thank you. Yes, ma'am. So tell our audience a little bit about you. What do you do? Because you you just got it going on. <laughs> well, I do a number of things just as a lot of us, right? As as entrepreneurs, we, we have where there's various different things that we do to have impact in the world. And so, yes, my name is Crystal Richardson, Lady Crystal Richardson. As he mentioned, I am a dame uh, with, the Royal House of Constantine the Great. And I was born in Flint, Michigan, and my parents raised both my brother and I, you know, giving us various tools and techniques. We didn't talk, talk about it or call it that at the time, but, you know, we grew up in a household. He was four years older than me, where it wasn't even called like homeschool, I guess. Maybe it was back then. I'm not sure. Back, I was born in 1964, just to kind of give you a little little context there. But but they they equipped us before we even started school. So I went to kindergarten with my little plastic briefcase, and, a, and they told me I can be anything I want to be. I can do anything I want to do. And, and I believe them. And so when I stepped in there, you know, with, with my long uh, pigtail ponytails and with my little brown pleather outfit. I had frills on my collar, frills on my socks, frills on my underwear. I got put in the corner of Joseph the very first day of kindergarten because I wanted them to see all my frills. And so you're not supposed to show the frills on your underwear. But who knew, right? So I got put in the corner. But I was met with bullying too because anything and everything the, the teacher asked, even in kindergarten, raising my hand, answering all the questions, kindergarten, first grade and everything. It wasn't that I thought I knew the answer. I actually did because our parents equipped us. And so I was met with some bullying because I was super, super cute. <laughs> and, you know, I had where there was a few, there was two other, two other girls. We're still friends to this day, Trisha and Julie, uh, that we, we were the academics. And so, like I said, that caused some bullying in elementary, junior high, high school, on up to adulthood. But during that time, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to immerse myself in my studies and in music and in dance and in other things. And really, based on how I was raised, Joseph, my my parents, with that that one statement, you can be anything you want to be. You can do anything you want to do. I believe them. So anything and everything that I touched, I was able to do. And not just do, I was able to do it with excellence. And that also confused people, too, and caused more bullying. So I don't really want to just like talk about that, but, but that was a lot of, of what happened during, during my childhood and, and upbringing. And it wasn't until age 50 that I said two words and, and those two words were no more. And so with that, no more that happened, there was a, like a two and a half year journey of, of me just like realigning myself because during that time I had been to over 30 some countries. I was a VP global director of, you know, a genetic research firm and had done a lot with our nonprofit. We'd done a number of mission trips and and there's like a lot that had gone on during that time where when I when I came out, you know, at about 52 and a half or 53 and and said that that I had been bullied, people were like, what? Wait, you like you're so strong, you're so this, you're so that. No way. It's like yes way. Yeah. And so a lot of us do very well having masks on. And so with that mask and taking that mask off, it's been like a five, six, seven year journey. I think I'm like 58 right now, you know, where where it's been really good just being able to kind of get that out and talk about it and and have where other people can know that your voice should be heard. You shouldn't be silenced in any part of your life. And when I said no more, 
it allowed me to just have even a greater impact. So so that's what I, I do and, and talk about is impact. But in relation to wealth, um, I am a wealth innovation strategist and an ordained minister. And what we do is uh, in the various groups that that I speak in, and then I'll stop so that you can ask me a question. But uh, as a wealth innovation strategist, of which it's been in um, Yahoo Finance, USA Today, and like a lot of other things, you know, as far as publications and, and covers of magazines and all of that. But it's not about that. It's about teaching people and corporations and six, seven, eight figure people as well, how you can have at least 10 sustainable and substantial streams of income. So that's called element 10. And that's one of the things that I teach is element 10, as well as creativity to cash flow. So when I'm on the stage, I have everybody like doing their hands and running around, like, you know, talking about the cash flow because it's real. It's it's not, it's not just money. It, it's not just cash. It's actually, we can have wealth and we can have generational wealth. Once we all say whatever our two words are, my two words were no more. And it's, it's just open up a life of abundance. And I teach people how to reimagine and re-image themselves with, with what they need in this life. And it's not all about money. It's, it's about having where you have abundance in your life. Not all about money. Yeah. And abundance can mean so many different things. Right. Right, yeah. So before, before you you had that no more experience, okay, you know your your parents on one side, your parents are saying you can do anything, you can be anybody that you wanted to to be, and you believed it, you were living it. But what was it about? Were you getting bullied at all from your parents, or was it more from outside people? I know we all get bullied in school, and of course. Even when I was in school, and I was born in '78, so not 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 quite as uh, um, fact as you are, but I was still being bullied. But we didn't even call it bullied, right? We didn't even call it that. Like I don't even remember hearing the term bully until I was probably in high school, and I'm like, no, we just have gang fights and stuff like that. We just, you know, you get picked on. That's what we called it. You get picked on. You know, picked on. Yeah. What What was it? Who were the ones that were bullying you and, and why do you feel like it went all the way into your 50s? Yeah, it was a certain personality type. And I'm not going to go into exactly what that is uh, because uh, some people already know, you know, that are part of my life, you know, what what that was and what happened. Um, but it wasn't all through every single part of my life. It was just that one specific personality type that I allowed to carry through all of those portions of my life. So no, it was not my parents. It was not my, my brother. Like my brother, he's four years older than me. I was a tomboy, you know, is what they called it back then. And and we would play football, climb trees, climb up on top of the house, rake the leaves together and like jump off the house into the leaves. Like I could have broke my neck with all the different things that we were doing. We did. Fishing and ice fishing and hunting and and all the different things that we did up in, in, in Michigan and in the UP, as they call it. And in Canada, we did a lot of camping. And, and my brother and I, we were on a motorcycle. Like, we were always doing stuff outside. And we were always building things, making our own go-karts. Uh, we were, back there, they didn't call it kidpreneur. But we had, like, you know, 45 jobs. We had paper route. We would cut rose bushes. We would shovel the snow. We would rake leaves. We were money. We were making money as, as children. Okay. And then even in, in college, I, I had a resume business and cover letter business. Cause I was at that time, I had a high school co-op job in my business class. And then when I decided I didn't want to go into business and went into engineering, I was able to stay at the same company, which was General Motors and switch from business to engineering. And then I was in General Motors um, through college in the last year of college, Ford offered me a bigger scholarship. So I hopped over to Ford for my last year and because my degree is in is in engineering. And so no, it was not, it was not my whole life at all. It was, it was kids in school who basically were jealous of of various things that were were going on. Maybe they didn't have a good home life or they were jealous of my hair or, or they or the answers or, you know putting food in my hair or pushing me down and doing dip, you know, in the snow. And like, it was just like all different things that, that would happen because of some, something that was going on in school. But then as an adult, again, I say it was a specific personality type. And I, I do feel 
you know, sometimes people don't make it through. Sometimes people actually commit suicide. And I do have a suicide initiative um, because I know how it feels. And then other people, they take, you know, they, they, they have where it manifests in other ways. But I really feel when we say that we've been bullied or anything like this, it's something that we allow. It's, it's that we are, we are allowing it in our life and to a certain extent. And so I help people to understand how you can get over those blockages and you can uh, evict them because being bullied is the same as, as some of the other things that a lot of us go through. And so based on that, we all have different things that we need to evict so that we can open up abundance in our life. And so that's a part of the, the mindset process that I go through and helping people to really, really actually find their purpose. I'm Like I said, I'm 58. There's people that I work with that are younger, that are older, that still don't know their purpose. And so using that pain, using various things that have happened in life, and whether you've been fired, whether you've been molested, whether you, you know, you've had uh, where you, you've been divorced or you've had a, a car accident, you feel like we all have different things that, that may have happened. But how do you use the power behind that and to turn it into your passion and just add it onto your list of the various stories that you can tell people to help uplift them, too? So my one particular one is related to bullying. I've also had health issues like, you know, we all have different things that we go through that we can use that and have it fuel our purpose. Absolutely, absolutely. Why do you think people get stuck in, uh, let's just call it the pain, regardless if it's from the bullying, regardless from a traumatic uh, uh, incident, why do you feel that people get stuck and just, you know, I don't necessarily say the victim, but some people just don't know what direction to turn. They don't know <laughs> how to get out of what they're in. Maybe, maybe it is a relationship where, they do feel stuck. They're married or they don't feel like they can get out of it. But but mentally, because it has to start there, the change has to start there, the, the willingness to get out. Why do you feel that people get stuck? <laughs> well, that's a power packed question. It's pretty uh, limited. I'll try to unfold it, you know, a little by little onion, onion, you know, the onion down a little bit because I have like a lot to say about it. So I'll see if I can say it within how, how many ever minutes. But um, so there's a couple of different things. And if, if if anyone's listening wants to write this down, I might have to write it down too to make sure that I get to all the points. So, you know, why do people get stuck? So the first thing has to do with reaction versus response. The next thing has to do with our definition and our use of fear. And then the next thing has to do with how we view ourselves. Mm. So response versus reaction, our definition, definition of fear and how we view ourselves. So I'm going to try to make sure that I remember all those. I see you writing too, but, but yeah, so we'll go into that. So my husband and I, he, he's, he's an amazing, amazing uh, gentleman. He, we've been married for um, over 30 years and he's an amazing speaker too. I think you, you actually met him and, uh, but we didn't get to hear him speak, but, but when he teaches, uh, he teaches Bible study on Tuesday nights and on Sunday mornings. And one thing that he said like a while ago, I don't know if it was like a year ago or, or what, but it really stuck to me. And, and so I've stolen it and I've taken it and I taught it in my own way as well, which is the response versus reaction. Yeah. So some people get stuck and stay stuck because of that. Like we, a lot of times have not come up with ways and mechanisms to understand how to respond to situations. And therefore we react in a way that does not serve us well. So based on that, part of it has to do with um, something that, that I teach at ABCDE technique where if we take too much time reacting, it can turn into seconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, years, where we're still reacting over and over and over again based on something that happened, as opposed to stepping out of that, having techniques in our life where, where we, can, we can breathe, we can evaluate, we can focus and not have where we allow whatever it is that has happened 
to take over our lives. So a lot of people are stuck because they keep repeating. Mm. They keep repeating and hitting that, that record button and playing it over and over and over again. And it affects, your, it affects our health. It affects our relationships with other people. It affects um, what we can do on a daily basis related to our job or what it, whether we're an entrepreneur, if we're on the left or right side of the cash flow quadrant. It affects our money situation, our, our ability to, to have where wealth comes to us and abundance comes to us in various ways because we're too busy living in the past. And I wasn't actually planning on using this, but this was sitting, is sitting here. It says, it says, let's see if you can see, it says, don't look back. We're not going that way. So of course you do need to use your past to have where you understand what happened so that you don't allow those certain patterns to happen in your life again. Remember I said no more. I have to know what those no more moments are. Right. So when you look at response versus reaction, a lot of it has to do with our understanding of our personality type, because you heard me say that at the very beginning of the show, and other people's personality type. So once you get into the psychology and the sociology and understand like whichever kind of indice that you want to use, there's lots of indexes out there. Once you will understand that, everybody has like initials over their head. Everybody has like you're sitting there listening and, and you know exactly what kind of personality type you're dealing with. And then you know how to respond and how to react based on the situation and based on their personality type. There's something that, that I, I teach called uh, situational leadership. And you may, you may have heard that. And I really love that. I love all these different techniques that, that, that we have that we can utilize to help us understand the situation, understand, okay, this is um, you know, a person who I need to respond to this way, or I need to just wait and just have the listening skills. A lot of us don't have good listening skills you know, nowadays. And, and then understand how to respond. But dwelling in the past, we're, we're not going that way. So response versus reaction, that's like a whole thing that I can talk about for like hours, but, but I won't. <laughs> uh, the next thing is, is fear, our definition of fear. So you've heard false evidence appearing real and like all these different things. And so in my life, and uh, this is on, it's on Amazon Prime. I was on the, the Speak Up and some other things that I've, I've, I've used this. And uh, a lot of people have said, thank you for, for sharing this with them. And so hopefully somebody in your audience, even if it's just one person who gets something out of this, um, that would bring joy to me. So our definition of fear, we all should have our own. And if you don't have your own, you can use mine. And I call F-E-A-R, fear. Fresh energy awaiting reset. And I'm going to say that again. Fresh energy awaiting reset. So when we talk about mindset, when we take, talk about using, using our pain and turning it into purpose, response versus reaction and fear, a lot of times we don't do things. We're stuck there based on your question because of fear. Because it's of the, you know, the fear of the unknown, the fear of getting out of our comfort zone, the fear of what are they going to say about me? You know, Napoleon Hill talks about, you know, all the different fears. And, and I love, I love, love, love him and love uh, Don Green and, and Satish Verma and all those that are part of Think and Grow Rich and Napoleon Hill Foundation. And so fresh energy awaiting reset. We have where there's uh, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, you know, we have all these different things that are going, cortisol, all these things that are going on inside of, of us, right? And so when something happens, we can say, oh, my gosh, can't believe that happened. Oh, I'm so scared. I'm so fearful. And like, your heart is beating. Like, you're sweating. You're like, oh, my gosh. But you can also have where all of that is still happening. And you say to yourself, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this is happening. Oh, I'm sweating. I'm perspiring. My heart is beating. But this is so exciting because I can do this with it as opposed to this with it. I can control it and have where I use it as opposed to it using me and taking me over. So the whole fear topic, like I said, is another thing that, that I could talk about for, for days, too. But one of the things that I did when I turned 57 to get over some of my fears and with a lot of people, they know me as the jumpologist. You know, we jump into our greatness. And I actually have my old theme song when I come on the stage, jump into your greatness, let's go. Jump into your greatness, let's go. I have a rapper who does like all my different songs. But 
I can't say that I'm a jumpologist and I can't talk about fear. And then I have this one thing that has caused me to have fear for so long, which was like fear of heights and like jumping. So I'm like, okay, I'm turning 57. I'm going to go jump out of a plane. And I'm like, no, I'm not. Yes, I am. No, I'm not. Yes, I am. <laughs> so the video that shows when I'm being introduced, it shows me jumping out the plane and you can actually read my lips because I'm up there. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> but I did. I jumped. And so by doing that, which was just two birthdays ago, when I turned age 50, I said no more. When I turned 57, I jumped out of a plane. So it's like, oh, there's no stopping me now. There's no stopping me now. Because for fear... birthday party because I, who knows what's going to happen. <laughs> fear is like it doesn't have any control over me in no. certain instances. And so, of course, you know, we still have some different things that, that we're fearful of. But but that really, really helped, which I, I thought I was going to. Thought I was going to die, <laughs> but I actually did it. I actually did it. So the last thing I said was what? You said uh, how, can, how we view ourselves. How we view ourselves. Yes. Some of us take ourselves way too serious. Yeah. Okay. We just take ourselves way too serious. I'm really, really serious and I'm really, really silly too. And I'm really competitive. <laughs> And um, my husband said he prayed for a wife that was not lazy. And he's like, but I didn't know I was going to have a wife that's like, you know, 17, 18 jobs, you know, because I'm, I'm always, I'm always doing, God has given me so much. And I, and I say to people, you know, some people stood in one line, you know, in heaven when they were a baby, like, okay, you're going to come out and you're going to have this, this main thing that you can do with excellence. And, but I went and stood in all the lines wow. <laughs> to be able to impact people in various different ways. But even though I, 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 I kid about that, the one thing that I do is all related to innovation. So anything that you hear and see about me, it's helping to expand people's minds related to innovation. I just do it in various different ways and help people do it in various different ways, but it's to be the best version of themselves related to what we can create, what we can imagine and what we can do in the world to manifest a life of abundance. Yeah, yeah. That's amazing. I mean, you know, and you look at those kind of, and I've got the list right here, reaction versus response, the use of fear, the definition of, of, of fear. And then of course, how we view ourselves. It's amazing how one thing is tied to another. The way we yeah. view ourselves is based off of the fear that we've had in certain circumstances, the way, you know, for a long time, because of my dad saying things were never good enough, you get, you know, that's not good enough is I viewed myself of somebody that was never good enough. So it went from I was never good enough to I never looked good enough to I'll never make enough to I'll never be the, the right person, you, you know, all those different things. And a lot of it, you know, it went back to is, you know, how I viewed the fear, but then also the reacting versus the response, you, you know, <laughs> is and I learned that I had a certain reaction to my dad saying those words, you know, where right. time that reaction became almost the foundation of how I would walk for 40 plus years of my life. Cause it wasn't until I was in my forties, you know, my early forties and I'm only 44. So it wasn't that long ago, about two and a half, three years ago, you yeah. know, where I started realizing I'm like, man, this, these are the things that had power over me. You know, it wasn't just a physical bullying cause I haven't been physically bullied in, in, in quite a while, you know, and, uh, but the verbal abuse, the verbal, right. Abuse, you know and how right and that was for me yeah yeah because up age 50 and like, i wasn't getting pushed around like right physically yeah. uh yeah that would have been a totally different story <laughs> right, exactly. but um but yeah it's 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 what you allow into your life and, and how you allow it to stay in just just ferment in right. your mind right ferment when you put fear about fresh energy awaiting reset um you know, of course, I own a dog training business and we're, we've hit the six figure or I'm sorry, the seven figures last year, you know, and I realized, oh, thanks. I realized that the things that I fear the most are the things I need to do the most, <laughs> you know, and it's neat to hear you say that because I'm like, oh, my God, Joseph, you, you do do that. You switch your energy because I call it flipping the script. But I learned about flipping the script through all the pain of, you know, of course, losing my dad and my wife all in the same month and the year, the first, you know, dealing without my dad for his first birthday or my mom and dad's first wedding anniversary. And I remember sitting there crying 
on my parents' first anniversary, wedding anniversary, where both of them are no longer here on earth, you know? And for years, because my mom had died, uh, passed away 14 years prior to my dad. And I remember always calling my dad. It was December 23rd. That's their anniversary. And I'm sitting there one day, and it's, it's, the, it's December 23rd of 2019. He's already gone. He's in heaven. Mom's in heaven. And I'm sitting there crying. I'm like, man, you know, this is the day that I would call them and wish them, at least my dad, for a while, is happy anniversary. And all of a sudden, it's just like this just this feeling came over me. It's like, why aren't you happy? Because now this is the first time they get to spend their anniversary in, together, but it's in heaven. And I realized right then, I'm like, I just flipped the script. Instead of being sorry or being down about him being gone, I'm like, why can't I rejoice? Because they're together now, you mm -hmm. know? And so I've learned to kind of do that with fear, but I, I love this because I am a very energetic person, as you know me, <laughs> you know? And so fresh energy awaiting reset. Why not? Mm -hmm. So it's there, fresh. You've already given us permission to use that because so use, use it, use it, use it, use it, use it. Yeah, because it's the same energy. Yeah, it's the same energy. And in in you know some of the books, Napoleon Hill, he talks about sexual trans uh, transmutation. Yeah, so so you know it's it, it's the same energy, and you can get excited, and you can you you just use it in a different way. It's it's there awaiting for you to reset it to be excited. And you know what? Sometimes we just have to acknowledge it. There's a there's a lady. You know, she's a I don't know eight nine figure earner, and she got on the stage, and her she was just all nervous. Of which I get nervous too. We all get nervous, and I've had shaky voice. But she you know she talked about it. And, you know, by the time the interview was over, she was, you know, she was fine. Or as it progressed, you know, she was fine, but she acknowledged it. And that's part of what I do, too. Like if something's happening or if I'm on stage or if I'm about to pass out <laughs> uh, and and um, and I do have a book uh, coming out. We'll talk about that later. The 51 Powerful Piece of Public Speaking, but not just on stage. But if, you know, if there's something going on, like jumping out of plane and I'm about to pass out or if, or if this is how that happened, I'm thinking I'm going to pass out. Like there's a lot of passing out potentials going on here um, that. Flip it, reset it, acknowledge it. A lot of people have the same things going on in their life. So just say, you know what? I am so nervous right now. Like, okay, everybody, I, I need to do, I need to shake out. Everybody get up and shake out with me. And if, okay, let's give ourselves a round of applause. All right, let's go on. Okay. Now, you know, now we're going to do this. So just, just acknowledge it. And for some people are like, wow, I really needed that too, because I needed to have various techniques to, to cope with whatever it is. Some people, it's just even walking out of their door. Some people have fear and it, it's not about a lot of what we think, you know, people have fears of, we're talking about something we consider big for some people walking out of their door. They have fear. hundred percent. Getting uh, off the highway. They have fear. Yeah. Like all different kinds of things. Yeah. And when you talk about the reset, it, it's neat to, to hear it because like when you start resetting the aspect of what you're fearful about, okay, then the way you view yourself starts changing. But then the way you react starts changing. And that's what I, I love so much about this because it ultimately is that reset. You know, for some people, yeah. maybe psyching themselves up to go jump out of the plane. Other people, it's just like, I'm, I, may need, I may need the physical help. I may to, to get it out of the door. I know a friend, um, his daughter suffers um, with a lot of um, phobias and it's a phobia of getting sick. So she won't leave her room. She will not leave her bedroom. You know, they have to, and, and even being alone and, and I've thank God I've been able to, to help her in, in a lot of things and really speak life into her, but it's the fear. And because of that, it's got her so bound and so constricted and ultimately what she needs is she needs that reset. <laughs> so, so Crystal talk about how resetting our mind can relate to abundance. Yeah. And some people um, going into abundance, talking about abundance and talking about wealth and even generational wealth and how we can break that cycle in, in our children and in our families. 
to reset, first you need to go through the, the process of evaluation, e eviction, and then you can have the elevation. Evaluation, eviction, so that you can have the elevation. So resetting something that you don't even know what's going on, like how, how can you reset? Like it is like, a, you know, the smart button or the or easy button or the reset button, but, but from what to what? Right. So when you say the from what to what, you do have to go through that evaluation period. And so we all come up with techniques and, and steps and whatnot based on our life. And that two and a half year period, when I said no more from age 50, I had to go through an evaluation process. Now, your evaluation process may be two hours, two days, two months. You know, mine was like a two and a half year journey in getting up and walking around and being in my car and turning on the music and going down the highway. Right. You know, I'm praying and up in a plane with my earphones on and I'm singing and I'm looking out at the clouds because when I'm up there, I'm like closer to God and I'm boohooing and I'm doing choreography. I teach dance too. I'm like doing choreography. I'm trying like the person next to me on the plane. So a lot of times they're probably like, what the heck? We need to call the paramedics or something. She's having convulsions. <laughs> more tissue, more tissue, please. More water, more tissue. And so I would just have where you have to go through that process. Yeah. So when we talk about abundance, when we talk about reset, Joseph, like you have to know from what to what. So for me, it, it took two and a half years. Everybody has to go and do their time frame. And, and so that evaluation is key. Um, learning about these personality types, learning who you are, who is in your circle. There's something called 360 where you have people that you are helping. There's people that are on your same level, you know, your peers. There's people that you look up to. There's people that are mentors. There's people that don't know you. They're not a personal mentor, but you listen to them maybe on a podcast, but there's other people that you can touch and feel because they're coaches and mentors and things like that. So this whole 360, who is in your 360? So that is a part of the evaluation as well. There's a whole set of things that we do and thing I call a vision room that I do at the end of the year and other times in the year if people want it. To, to understand the vision for their life. So that evaluation period. And then the eviction, we have to know what we're going to say yes to, what we're going to say no to, and what we're going to straight up evict. And now the word evict has a specific meaning because it's like, oh, no, we're, we're moving out of our apartment. We're packing up the boxes. Right. The moving truck is yeah. coming. And the movers are going to come in. And they're going to, that is not eviction. Right. Eviction is a harsh word, and we need to be like that. In our, when you get evicted, which I've never been evicted, but when you get evicted, your stuff is thrown out. Like it's not, it's there, 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 there's no negotiation. There's no verse. It's out in the street, and if it's packed, it's packed. If it's not, it's not. And then there's a sign put on the door, and you cannot go back in. Absolutely. We have to have where we have our do list and our stop list. And the stop list, once you put it in eviction, you can't go back there. That sign that I don't even know why this is sitting over here, but yeah, this, don't, don't look back. Like we have to evict it and, and don't go back. Put the sign on the door, never go back. And then the elevation comes because there's, there's now where we're free. Don't evict and leave a hole and don't put something in there that is positive. Something in there that can help us to grow. So I have where the people that I coach I'm like, you always need to be in some kind of learning process. I was just talking to a lady a couple of days ago that we're going to be talking the, um, I think the Friday after Thanksgiving. And I said, okay, so when we have this talk, you know, I need you to also have where you, we haven't even decided, she hasn't decided, we have not decided whether I'll be working with her or not, because I don't necessarily take on a lot of personal clients uh, at all. I'm got like a lot of other things going on. And I do coach people from time to time, but I don't, I don't have or need coaching clients. I have where I do other things from a business perspective. But if there's somebody that I just really see something in, I'll, I'll, we'll, we will do it. And so I said, you know, you always need to be in learning mode. I'm like, what are you doing? Or what have, have you already outlined your goals for 2023? And so she named a couple of things. I'm like, okay. And what else? 
and what else? And, and so what's your educational or your growth plan related to what you're saying that you want to do? So that reset, she was like, oh, well, I haven't really outlined anything related to that. I'm like, okay, so if, if we're going to work together, when we come, I want you to, to have some things outlined just for us to talk about. And then after we talk about the various things, how I do that first uh, discovery meeting, you can decide and I can decide whether we should be working together or not, because we all need to have where we have, where we build up ourselves always. So when something finishes, if it's a two-day course, okay, then what's going to be next? Right. Six-week course, okay, what's going to be next? Like we all should have where we're, we're doing that to realign for abundance. And part of that is understanding where we need to grow, what are we deficient in, or even if we're not, we don't think we are, we all should be in student mode at all times. No, that's good. That's good. And then the last one is elevation. How mm -hmm. do you go into going from evaluation, eviction to now that elevation? Is it by the goals? Is it by like what you were just talking about? Yeah. Yeah. The elevation part of it has, it, it relates to that in living a life where we wake up every day with gratitude and with, with prayer and with having, you know, my relationship with, with God, I don't know, everybody has different kind of relationships from a spiritual perspective, but being innovative, even about that, I call it kingdom innovation. Yeah, and so he gives me, he gives me anything and everything that I need. And even when things don't necessarily go my way, it's okay because there's di divine will and there's permissive will. And if we align ourselves and not have where we treat God, like, you know, ask, 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 want, 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 you're a genie, 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 you know, give, give me, give me, give me, give me, then it's a matter of, please, Lord, you know, let my steps today be aligned with your divine will. And when we do that, then, then opportunities will come. Now we have to go out and do our part, but the opportunities will come. And, and I, I, I say this and people can take it however they want to take it. So I'll just go ahead and say it. <laughs> Is that um, I know that you, you do things, you work with people and you have your, your business, you're saying with the dogs. And I think that's, that's awesome and amazing. And so you may, with the various things that you do, like, oh, he's brilliant. He's this, he's that. And, and maybe even some people have even called you a genius. I don't know. But, um, but I get called that a lot. And one time it was like two or three times in one day. It's like, babe, oh my gosh, you know, such and such in India, we were talking and, and he is like, that was just what you just laid out. It was, it was amazing. You know, you're a genius. And then somebody else I was talking to and they said, that. and it's not just a word. I don't think that people just like throw out there all the time. But I do have a brilliant mind, like, but we all have a brilliant mind. We just haven't tapped into our understanding of who we are. We haven't tapped into how to have the proper response and reaction. We haven't tapped into how to use fear uh, as fresh energy awaiting reset. We haven't tapped into using gratitude to give us a totally new mindset every day. There's a lot of things we may not have tapped into. So that evaluation process, that eviction process gives us what we need to be elevated. And so there's people, I operate on both the, the left and right side of the cash flow quadrant. And for those who know what that is, great. If you don't, you can, you can look it up. But um, there's people all the time, you know, that are asking me to, to run their companies. Now, how many people, how many people have that where it's like, oh my gosh, like I need you, you know, that people are always offering me various things like that. And so if something doesn't work out, it's okay because somebody's going to offer me something else. Somebody's going to offer me another five-figure, six-figure deal. Somebody's going to offer me, you know, it, it, it is when you are aligned, you just lose alignment. Right, right, right. And you lose abundance. And so we have to have where we have a way of giving that to other people. And that's why I'm talking about the element 10, the creativity to cash flow, because we all have creativity. We all have something in, ingenious inside of us that we just need to let out. And so once you do it, the other thing that I have is creativity breeds creativity. And there's various ways for us to create um, the flow of, of money. There's various ways for us to create the flow of ideas in our business. 
there's various ways to create that. And once you get into that realm, it, 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 it hops from one area to our life to another area. I could be cooking and coming up with a creative way to make a new dish. I can be on my way to an event and come up with a creative way to have a new outfit of which I do, you know, I, I sew and make my own jewelry and stuff like that. And okay, I'm going out on stage. I don't want to go out and say, like, okay, well, what song is it on YouTube? Well, yeah, but it, but it's my song. I have my own song. Like I have my own this and my own that. We all have, once you do it in one area of your life, Joseph, it just goes over to the next one and to the next one and the next one. And we all can be ingenious in our own way. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's your two words were no more. Recently, mine have become I am. Mm -hmm. you know, and you heard me during uh, the ultimate speaker competition talking about I am because yeah. for the majority of my life, I always heard you're not or it's not. It's not good enough. You're mm -hmm. not good. Enough. And I eventually had to come to that understanding of that evaluation. I'm like, I'm not dealing with this in you know, because at the end of the day, my first I am statement is, is I am who God says I am. That's my faith and I'm sticking to it, you know, and regardless of what people, those that are listening, regardless of where your belief system is, spiritual or not spiritual, is, you know, you are a powerful individual. You are an, a genius. You are creative. And I know for me. And it kind of started back for me a few years ago is after my wife passed away, I was talking to a friend of mine and she's like, Joseph, you are handsome, you know? And I never viewed myself as somebody that was handsome. I, I just didn't. And now all of a sudden my wife is gone and I'm back into the, I don't want to live. I don't want to be single the rest of my life, <laughs> you know? And I wasn't in a hurry, but it's just like, I didn't view myself as somebody that could go out there and find a new soulmate, somebody that God has for me because of all the you're not good enough and all the rejection statements. And so I just piled one rejection statement onto a lot of different areas in my life. And so I've had to learn how to evict those things. But like you said, it's not just we're moving out, you know, it's I'm throwing you out and I'm shutting the doors, I'm shutting the windows, and I'm not going to open those things up. So, right. yeah, so those things creep back into my life and the, I am, there's no doubt that in your mind, there are times that the bullying probably tries to pop its rear head up every so often. You're like, no more, no more. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm over here. Like I am, I am, you, you know, and those things right there, the, the mindset with that has led to so much, just open doors of, I am a great speaker. I am going to be in the top 50. I am, you know those things. And even going back, I, I love the part about the evaluation because I take everything. I, I spoke right before the speaker competition. I was speaking um, at an event there in, in, um, in Chandler and uh, Arizona. And um, I told people to write down three negative things. Okay. That ultimately has been spoken over them. And I said, and I want you guys to say these things out loud. Now, a lot of people avoid the negative. They're like, oh, no, if I say it, if I talk about it, I'm like, no, because here's the thing. And we talk about, you know, for, for us being in faith-based, you know, uh, and, and in church is we speak things into existence, right? People say, speak it out into the atmosphere, especially if you want it to come back to you, right? And I'm like, well, I want you to speak the negative things out there because it loses its power. Right. The difference is, is I'm evicting it by, by saying it, hey, my dad said I'm never good enough. So for me, I am more than enough. I am who God says I am. I'm created in his likeness and image. So what, what are all the things that can come to me because of that mindset of I am, you know, and for you, it was no more, no more of this, no more of that. Right. Yeah. It was no more. And those were replaced with three words. And there's a movement related to that too, which is I accept me. Mm. I accept me. And so a lot of things that I have, there's, there's songs, there's shirts, there's all different kinds of things. So like I said, I, I work with the, with the guy. And so I have a number of business related songs and, and confidence related songs. And one is related to, to I accept me because once we accept ourselves, it doesn't matter who accepts us. We have that confidence. And when you lose confidence, like, okay, that's fine. And 
what did I learn from this? What were the lessons learned? What are the do differently? Okay. And what are the do the same? Okay. What is God telling me in this? Response versus reaction. Use that time, make it shorter and shorter and shorter where it, and I'm not saying that I don't cry. I'm not saying that I don't have fears. I'm not saying that I have, you know, I wake up every morning and, and, it, and, and it's great. And I feel like amazing about every, every single day. I don't, but it is where I, in certain things, I'm able to take less and less and less time with the self-pity, less and less time with like, oh, well, what if they think this or think that, you know, going back to the Napoleon Hill list of fears, fear of criticism is one. We have to be who we are and, and we have to be honest with ourselves and accept ourselves and then just let God do the rest. Because like I said, you know, people have where if they allow all of those things to to overtake them, then you're never going to reach the level of abundance that you can reach. You'll never be able to have where you are okay with what your definition of success is. So I really believe that there's certain words that we all should have our own specific definition for and and not let anybody take that away from us and live our life just live it out loud every single day in our own way and and ask for forgiveness when we need to say i'm sorry when we need to spread kindness where we should which is each and every day and that can help us from a wealth innovation strategy perspective more more than than just understanding finances yeah yeah absolutely i mean abundance in itself can go i mean mindset, wealth, health, you know, our relationships, it's, it's way more than just money. And even though, of course, abundance has been tied to money for so many years, a lot of people hear that word and they immediately think negative because they weren't born into a rich family or they live out in the country and they, they have a different mentality. They, 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 they live in this poverty mentality because of they think abundance is only for certain people in the world. And I've always gone to the premise. I'm like, if, if my God is the creator of the universe, he's the owner of, of, of cattle on a thousand hills. And he's willing to give those things to me. What much, how much more can I have that <laughs> I'm not accessing just because of my own fears and, lim and limitations? Yeah. Yeah. And it's not for us to have just to have it. It's for us to have, to be able to, provide for ourselves and our, and our own families. And then we can give away the rest or, or do whatever we do with the rest and have where we help hold other people accountable. Like I work with, with kids, um, age 19 to 29 next gen innovators. And there's some in the United States, but they're in Zambia, Ghana, uh, China, Egypt, you know, various places. And so at the second or no, about the third quarter of 2023, there's going to be, you know, a person who um, gets to win a scholarship to come to the United States and do some 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 business things related to to uh, some of the projects they're working on. And it's like, but you're going to pay for part of your your trip based on what you're doing now. You're going to have in in your balance sheet and in your budget where you set aside a portion, and then the rest will be the scholarship from us. So it's not it's not where we're just giving things away. Like you know, what are you doing to put towards that as well. So it's for us to get so that we can also give, but also teach people as they say, you know, teach them how to fish, not just give them fish. Right. Right. What is the best way for people? And I know we probably have talked about this and maybe there's one of these open-ended questions again. How can truly, how can people truly walk in abundance in whatever area it may be in their life? What, what is, if it's something you can leave with people, and I mean, of course, all these things that we've already talked about is, is steps in that direction. But if, if, let's just say somebody's life is, I wouldn't say necessarily in order or not in order, but what would you say how people can even walk towards being abundant? Yeah. I, I mm. ask these huge, humongous <laughs> questions that take, three hours to, uh, to answer. Yeah. <laughs> you so, my brain work. In the next four hours and 15 minutes, I'm going to explain to you how you can walk in abundance. 
and my new book, Walking in Abundance. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it has to do with all the different things that we were just talking about, but it first starts for, for me with just a breathing technique and a self-reflection technique and being okay to be by yourself, whether that's uh, quite frankly, if the only time you have to be by yourself is when you're sitting on the toilet, like, you know, whatever, wherever it is that you go into the middle of a field, um, if you can take a helicopter ride, plane ride and go to the top of a mountain, or if you can hike to a valley or the top of a mountain, whatever, whatever it is. I started with the toilet because that's like most people at least have that um, or can use somebody else's. You can go to Joseph's and, and use his restroom, but, um, but, but be by yourself. How can you, how can you gain abundance or, or take that first step? The first step is that self-acceptance, Joseph, and, and being by yourself and being okay with who you are and being okay with your flaws, but not sticking with your flaws, having where some people say, well, whoever you are is who you are from a behavioral perspective. We all should know what our behavioral superpowers are, are and our behavioral profile, but it all starts with accepting ourselves and having where no matter what happens each day, we can take that, take that, that lemon that smells great and we're excited about it or take that lemon that is something that's sour and either way, make lemonade with it, with or without sugar, because just water and lemon is very good for your health. So it is where we have to take that time of self-reflection from a totality perspective, I have like seven different areas of innovation, which cover all areas of life. You heard me talk about kingdom innovation, you know, financial innovation. Um, there's, there's various areas in our, in our lives that once we know who we are and accept who we are, then the possibilities are, are endless. And first we have to have to get to abundance. We have to be able to imagine it and reimagine it over and over and over again every day That's good. that I am fearfully and, and wonderfully made. I am courageous. It, it goes back to the I am's. I am confident. I am beautiful. And I am who I am and I accept myself. So it, it starts there. And that is the evaluation stage. So how do you get there? It really does start with that, that evaluation stage. And being okay with who you are, changing the things that you can change and the th things that you can't, just let it go. Yeah. And only look back to have self-reflection so that you can have where you, when you're on stage or when you're with a, a client or if you're just one-on-one -on, -one on a phone with a person, you can bring back those stories. I believe in writing down all the list of the different things. And that's what I did in, in the two and a half years. And on the plane, I'm like writing down this, 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 and this. I'm like, oh, I remember that. And then being able to, to have it to use potentially or ball it up, throw it away, you know, set it on fire. Don't set it on fire in the plane. Okay, people. But do whatever you need to do at that campfire by yourself to just throw it away. And, and be fresh every day with your gratitude. Love it. Love it. Now, you mentioned a little while ago about a book that you wrote. The 51 piece, is that right? Or 50 piece? The 51 powerful piece of public speaking. You said Not just piece. They're 51 powerful piece. Yeah. You said recently after hearing me speak that you think I went through all 51 of them. <laughs> I did not say that. Did I say that? I have it on a testimonial. You said that, that you referenced something about it. I did. I did. I did. Yeah, I, I probably did. I'm just messing with you. But yeah, you, you, you really, you really did really well. I just want to, to applaud you um, on, on that. And I'm probably, and other people that, you know, if, if you've written any kind of technique, you're always evaluating yourself and evaluating other people based on that, even though, even though you might try not to, but I was going down the checklist of, you know, some of the various powerful P's and, and the book will be out uh, within the next month or so. And, and so, yeah, everyone has various things that they need to work on. And so I've outlined 51 items and then there's ways that you can put a list together, no matter where you are in your speaking journey, that you can always 
engage more. You can always do more to to maybe, you know, work on these five or these seven. And for this type of speech, you work on on these three or or these 10. And so, and you can be an amazing speaker making, you know, noodles and noodles of money, like lots of money doing that. But you always have room to improve because if you go back to what I said, we all should be in learning mode. And so there, there's various ways that you can use this, this tool kit, if you will, a 51 powerful piece to do that. And everyone doesn't want to be a public speaker on stage. Uh, this is for you to just have also uh, communication between you and your mate, you and your neighbor, or you might be doing a business deal, or you might be uh, a worker, uh, a supervisor, a manager and want to work on various things. And so uh, it it's, can be used in any and every area of speaking and how that translates here in the United States as well as global speaking as well. And I'm glad that you said that because for those that may not or have no desire, have don't have a desire to public speak is just the ability to understand the power that you can speak over yourself. Right. You know, and that's, that was what my big learning curve was because I had I had been speaking in churches for years. Right. You know, I was speaking a lot of things into existence in my life in certain areas. I also wasn't covering other areas that I needed the most. And so I can't wait till the book comes out because I'm definitely going to get one. I want an autographed copy. <laughs> um, of course. You know, uh, but for those that are listening is just the tool of being able to understand how to speak over yourself. Because for me, when I heard the words, when somebody told me, Joseph, you are handsome, I literally had to stand in the mirror and I had to start speaking that over myself, you know, and it became, it, I, I make it as a joke, but it came to the point that I would say, you're handsome. And then it said, I, I would say, I'm the sexiest person. I'm the sexiest man alive. And then I'm like, you know, and I would I would make that joke about I'm the sexiest man alive. Just GQ magazine hasn't found me yet. And that's OK. That's their fault, not mine. You know, but I had to do that as a joke to myself to get past all the the seriousness that you talked about that kept me from believing that I'm a handsome individual. You, you right, know, right, right. On the show. Kept me from believing that I'm a handsome I'm a handsome individual. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, even yesterday I did a live. I think it was yesterday. And I'm like pouring my heart out and I'm saying this and saying that. And I, I, you know, I don't know if it was like 20, 25 minutes as I hadn't done that particular type of live in, in a while. And so I was like, hey, everybody, and, and wanted to talk about what we think about. And so some people were saying the hashtag, you know, that I, that I said on there. And some people gave some other words that I said. And then some people just responded, you are so beautiful. Or, or like, you know, you look amazing. Like, but the, so in my mind, like, well, thanks, but did you did you even listen to what I said? <laughs> but then I'm like, and then I went back because the you know when you do a live, it depends on where it takes the clip, and then the clip, I'm like, you know, the, the, when, when you come up to it, I'm just like, oh, like in whatever. It's not like a smile and stuff, but of course they saw it, and so I looked at myself. I'm like, and and do I look amazing? Really? Like I wasn't trying to look amazing. I just was trying to get this talk out you know, about thinking. And so I had to just step back, like you said, and just accept the fact that some people said I looked amazing. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> for that, uh, that book to come out. Um, what, what is a great way for, I mean, you're doing anything and everything. And I mean, this is, for those that are listening, it, it's, well, let's see, we started at 6.30 in the morning, Central Standard Time. And when I had that conversation with Crystal, she was, well, how early can you start? And I'm thinking, well... I get up about 6.30 in the morning, okay, because I normally am in bed about midnight. Between slacker, slacker. And um, I said, I take my kids to school, drop off my last one at 8.15, and then I'm, I'm at my facility, you know, my office by 8.45, so we can get started by 9. And she's like, well, I'm up at like 4 o'clock in the morning. Can we start earlier? <laughs> so it was so funny because I, I kept on telling myself last night, I'm like, I have to go to bed early. I have to go to bed early. I have to go to bed I see he sends me, I'm cutting you off. You said, and then he sends me a message. He's like, it's like four o'clock, five o'clock in the afternoon. He's like, okay, I'm about to go to bed now. So that I, can get up I felt like I needed to, cause I'm like, I have to get, I don't get eight hours of sleep, but I'm like, I have to get like eight or 10 hours of sleep so I can wake up this early. <laughs> yeah. Of course, being I set like three alarms to, to make sure. And I, I, really? Yeah. 
I, I did. And, you know, because, I mean, I normally will wake up around 630, but I had to get up early, had to, you know, I had to, I had to make this face look good. <laughs> you had to be handsome since you're so handsome, right? Years <laughs> out there. So, so, yeah, yeah. There's, you know, talking about that and being funny, you, you know, Steve Harvey talks about, you know, um, successful people don't uh, sleep eight hours. You, you know, if you run, if if you're into the stock market and you live on the West Coast, you're not waking up at 8 a.m. That means the stock market's already been open for three hours, you know? And I got to thinking about that. I'm like, man, you're right. And so for me, I know we're, you know, you do stay up late because I thought when you told me that you're you're awake at 4 a.m., you're probably going to bed by 9 o'clock at night, you know, and uh, and you don't, you know. I've, I'm always more of the one that um, I stayed up really late, you know, and I would still only get three, three and a half hours of sleep because for me, that was my quiet time. My quiet time was when everybody was in bed, you, you know, because normally, I don't know, it's something about me. Maybe I need to, you know, reprogram my own thinking. I need to evaluate, evict, and uh, elevate, <laughs> you know, my uh, my morning routine because I'm like, if everybody's quiet now, it's just like, I feel like I have to tiptoe. But if, I, if I'm if i doing it at 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, 12 o'clock at night, I feel like I can make whatever noise I need to make. <laughs> so I Why do you have to be noisy in what you're doing? What are you doing? <laughs> Sometimes I'm praying and I pray loud and I'm, I'm doing some worship music and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm singing and, <laughs> you know, or who knows? You, you just never know. So you need to build yourself a room. You need to put the packing up the soundproof padding, you need to just, you know, just work it out. Like be more intentional about having your soundproof room. Now, if something's happening in there and you're screaming, they won't be able to hear you. There you go. Then you need to have the little buzzer. See, like this is going on and on and on. Now you need to make sure you have a battery for the buzzer. You know, I'm falling in, I can't get on. But yeah, you can have the soundproof padding in your room so that you can go for it. And I I do that too, like my, my worship whether it's it's upstairs in in my office or you know whether but we're we're empty nesters now like finally um because we've always had people living with us after our daughters that we have two daughters 27 and 29 um one is just now getting back from her like fourth or fifth world tour she's a professional dancer and then the other she was living in Okinawa with her husband he was in the military and they're back here now and they just purchased a house um and so they they live there, but we've all, we've had, what do you call them? What kind of students? Exchange students. And then we've had people that were down on their luck or whatever. We've had families living here, but, but now we're, we're like empty, empty. But my husband's like, I don't care what noise you make. And I'm like, okay, so I'm up in there. And if a good song is on, I'm, you know, my foot's going, like you can hear the boom through the whole house. <laughs> and the singing and all that too. But yeah, I, I can send you a donation for your padding for your room if you'd like. Go, I'd love it. I'd love it. <laughs> so would the rest of the family. <laughs> oh my goodness, um, Chris. So, what is a great way for people to get a hold of you if they're interested in your coaching, or if they're interested in some of the uh, the the things that you do, or even your book that's coming out really soon, um, the fifty one powerful P's of public speaking. Um, what is the best way for them to get in touch with you? Yeah, so my website is my name, and some people have asked, oh, how old were you when you changed your name to that spelling? It's beautiful. I'm like, well, my parents were pretty creative as well, my mom. So, um, so no, I didn't change my name to that. That was how it was spelled. So it's crystalrichardson.com, and it's K-R-Y-S-E-Y-L-L-E Richardson, R-I-C-H-A-R-D-S-O-N.com. So K-R-Y. S-T-Y-L-L-E, Richardson. And they can they can see everything on there. There's actually a book coming out today. Can I show that book too? Yeah, absolutely. We're having a book, we're having a book launch today. It's called Mom Magic. I don't know if you can see the uh, oh, you can see it. Mom Magic. And it's about mompreneurs and 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 the different things that we've gone through in our life. And so my chapter is celebrating the the innovative um the innovative person called mom and again related to innovation and because uh, as moms as dads too nothing against dads but you know we we have where we have a lot of different things that we do on a daily basis to to pour into our children and to make the lives of our children better 
And those same principles can be utilized in, in business too, so that we can monetize them. So that, that's what I talk about in that book. So we're having a book launch party. Um, mine is here. And then there's one in Pennsylvania. There's one in California and, and one someplace else. The, the mothers are all over the country. And so this is one of our big book launch days. So it's already number one in like, I think, seven different countries. And so now we're going number one Amazon bestseller. Now we're going for New York Times bestseller for that one. Oh, love it. Love so, it. Uh, and then my book, the, the other book is The 51 Powerful Piece of Public Speaking is coming out in the next month or so. So we're hoping for some greatness with that too. And I have a number of books on Amazon that, that people can get. And, um, but I'd love to engage with whomever related to innovation. If anyone has any questions related to them personally or their business, if they're a corporation, I work with corporations. I work with doctors, uh, various people that have inventions. You know, they, you you work in your your practice each and every day using other people's in instrumentation, and then come up with, you know, what if I had a device that did this? This would make my life and everyone else's life that is in this this particular area way easier and then you come to find out that particular device could not just be used in your practice or your area of medicine but in two three four or five other ones depending on how we put it together so i just love what i do to help people in business as well as doctors and and even entrepreneurs to understand how they can innovate and and monetize and pass that down to their children yes love it love it love it love it well, Lady Crystal, Lady Crystal Richardson, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's such a, it's been such a pleasure and an honor. Glad we finally, we're not able to just put this together, but finally be in the same room and, you know, uh, get to spend some time with each other, you know, at yeah. the last event, because I, I know I've, I've emceed for you and you've been at different events and we're always, one is coming and one is going kind of thing. So we were able to spend that time together. So I'm, I'm extremely grateful and honored that you were able to be on the show. I appreciate it. Like I said, I always consider it an honor because we all have different things inside of us. And if someone wants to hear some of it come out, that that's really awesome and amazing. So thank you. Yes. <laughs> well, guys, you don't don't hesitate to reach out to Crystal. And thank you guys so much for listening. For those that are uh, or even watching the videos, um, reach out to Crystal and uh, see how she can help you become more abundant in so many areas of your life because you can either be saying no more or I am or all of the above. We love you guys. Thank you all.